Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of ClearedCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with Clearance Jobs, and today I'm really excited. I have a veteran on the line with me, Adam Brotz. He's an author, an entrepreneur. He has a really great presence online, and so we're going to talk a little bit about post-military branding, maybe some communication, you know, do's and don'ts of interacting online. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's start from the very beginning. Sure. And then kind of, you know, move through your military career and the transition. And so tell me about your motivations for enlisting. People are usually shocked to hear I actually joined the military to play piano. (laughs) (laughs) My undergraduate education was in music. And it centered mainly around jazz and commercial music. I played piano my whole life. It was just something that I was passionate about and I found myself to be pretty good at. And so I went and got a degree in it and, you know, spent some time as a professional musician and, you know, played shows all over the place and recorded on a bunch of albums that nobody ever heard about and was looking for some consistency in, you know, it's such a rough industry. You know, and you're always hustling. And I was looking for some consistency and somebody brought to my attention that the Air Force in particular was looking for rhythm section players and in particular piano players and piano players that could play jazz music. And I love the idea of getting a salary, getting paid to perform. You know, my whole family was in the military, basically. So It seemed like there was a calling there and, you know, we were in still in that kind of post 9-11 fog. I was feeling compelled to serve and the, the best way for me to serve was to use my most developed talents to serve. So the most effective way that I could serve was to become an Air Force bandsman. And I joined, I, I auditioned, I made it in, I went through basic training just like everybody else. And, and you know, I found myself under the greater wing of Air Force Public Affairs and, uh, you know, performed and gave a taste of home for troops throughout the country and overseas uh, in the Middle East. And I mean, all over the world, rendered honor to our veterans, you know, inspired public trust and provided a ceremonial function. You know, if you see uh, any presidential inauguration or funeral or anything in between, you'll see there are military bands and mostly Air Force bands. And so, yeah, that's what I was a part of. And that was the first half of my military career. Wow. I guess going through the audition process, I actually come from a family of piano players. Oh, right on. Okay. I play the keys. My brother plays the keys. My mother plays the keys. Oh, very nice. It sounds like an amazing journey being a part of some of these events in that capacity. But tell us about the audition process and then your work throughout the Air Force. Well, the the audition process, mine was not consistent with how they normally auditioned people. I guess the the Air Force was on, well, the Air Force bands rather, had just lifted a hiring freeze and they needed new airmen. They needed new musicians. Uh, and And so they actually flew out their auditions rep and, you know, the leader of the band that I was auditioning to be in to where I was living. 
in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and their auditions rep happened to be a drummer. And I was auditioning and there was a bass player auditioning. So basically, we just played jazz piano trio music for about an hour. And then when we got done, they offered us both the job and uh, got a little piece of paper that said, you know, you go through basic training and this is your guaranteed gig. You know, and as much as a recruiter will tell people like, oh, when you get in, you'll get to do this. <laughs> like there's never a guarantee. You know, they say you'll be in the medical field. OK, security forces. You know, it, it's incredible how many people thought they were going to be one thing in basic training and then they got their 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 job, their AFSC, and then it ended up being something different. But in my case and in any bandsman's case, they have a guaranteed direct duty. And so I made you know, about 150 copies of that piece of paper because I didn't want to end up <laughs> somewhere different. Went through basic training, did did all the, the stuff and got to touring and performing and recording and deployed, spent uh, about three months overseas and gosh, like 11 countries. We toured all over the place and performed for troops in Iraq and Afghanistan and Kyrgyzstan and did some diplomatic stuff, you know, hearts and minds, bridging gaps had some very unique performances overseas, that's for sure. Uh, but it was really fulfilling. And, I, you know, I got back from that and felt that it was time for a change. And any professional musician will will attest to this. When you do it as a job, there is definitely, you know, you play those 90% of gigs, 95% of the music you play is for other people, the people that are paying you or the people that are responsible for the overall presentation of the event. And I was looking for artistic fulfillment, for truth, you know, and, and what I was playing was, you know, a lot of really old timey jazz music, which I, you know, I played in the mood about 400,000 times and, uh, or, uh, you know, pop and rock covers, which, you know, I, I, I like it as much as the next guy, but I wasn't feeling challenged or fulfilled musically. And it kind of it helped me to realize that as much as I loved music and I loved the piano, I was not born to be a professional musician. That was not how I was going to find fulfillment. And, you know, when I was overseas, I noticed that I was starting to find fulfillment and joy in other areas and decided, you know, I need I need to develop professionally. I need a new challenge. And uh, so I did kind of an abrupt 90 degree shift. And I, I sent in my package to request admission to the military training instructor corps and switched to being an instructor at basic training for the Air Force. So kind of kind of a big uh, a big shift a good one. Uh, there were some growing pains, of course, going from being a bandsman to being uh, in a little bit more of a rigid climate. But I excelled there. It was the greatest professional experience of my entire life. And it really transformed me as a person and as a, as a professional. So I loved being an instructor. That was that was the best choice I could have made. Sure. Well, experiencing those growing pains, pivoting your career within the military, I guess, looking back, what sort of challenges did you experience as you transitioned out of the Air Force? Oh, boy. Everybody experiences challenges when they transition. And there are some known and there are some unknown. And so my, my transition experience was not at all atypical. Uh, you know, the, the known transition stressors being, you know, finding a job, relocating you know, where applicable, 
you know, uh, reintegrating with your lifestyle and your psyche, you know, getting your brain to leave the military. Those are all the known parts. It's, it's the unknowns that really haunted me for a prolonged period. And in many ways, I'm still transitioning. Uh, and, and I had learned, I was learning very quickly that a lot of the things that I was told by the people that were supposed to be educating me about transition, uh, were either, you know, they came from a good place, but were either misguided or just, just completely incorrect information. So I, I kind of made it a duty of mine to try to help other people that were on the heels of transition and just give them good information. Yeah. So I, I, I launched a, a website called the Post Military Professional, which is no longer around. It was kind of my uh, my practice business, but I wrote a lot about veteran issues in transition as I was experiencing them, and a lot of them were about the the unknowns. For example, coming to terms with loyalty in the workplace, separating their sense of self from their employment and their employer, which is something they don't have the luxury of doing when they're in the military, like facing veteran prejudice in the workplace, which was a shock to me, but a very, a very real experience. It is to many. Those sort of unknowns that I thought were valuable. So I, I wrote a lot about those and kept writing. And, you know, next thing I knew I had you know, somewhat of a platform, and I I continue to write on on veteran issues to this day. But I see more people. It's incredible that there are so many people in the transition space right now. It's very crowded, and there are so many people that want to help, but there are still folks that are experiencing the issues of transition. And I see it as a problem of the focus on the known transition stressors versus the unknowns. And, and the mental health impact of transition. You're 100% correct. It is a very crowded space. And sometimes for the transitioning military personnel, it almost, it makes it a little bit tougher to sift through mm. everything, you know, digitally online. But, and, you know, Adam, it sounds like you didn't end up choosing your career path. It sort of chose you. So tell us a little bit about what you do today. Well, right now, by day, I am the, the Vice President of Communications and Programming for the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. The State Veterans Chamber of Commerce is a business organization just like any other Chamber of Commerce is. And rather than supporting veteran employees or job seekers directly or doing direct job placement, there's tons of people that do that. We build the ecosystem and the pipeline. We, we support the overarching business community. And we do that by bridging the gap between veteran talent, veteran business owners, and employers and diverse supply chain pipelines and, and all of the above and in between. We create those pipelines that help veteran employees thrive and survive and, and, you know, transition effectively. There are lots of people that hang out at the soup kitchen, spoon up food for, for homeless veterans. That is a valuable thing to do. And, and it's important, you know, though we do have our volunteer things that we do. We, we are kind of at a more strategic level trying to create an infrastructure that will mitigate things like unemployment, underemployment, mental health issues, homelessness, addiction, you know, trying to influence policy and trying to create, uh, like I said, an ecosystem that that helps to 
not only bring the veteran and military family community up in our state, but to make the state the best place for for veterans, the best state for veterans, you know, because the more veterans we veteran talent and military families we attract to the state, the better we are as a state. And that's a very fulfilling job. I, I love it. It's a very nimble organization. Our leadership is fantastic. And so I, I have I have a great day job. And and a lot of people are actually, you know, they they see me online doing videos and and creating content and they're actually surprised that I have a day job. And and their their assumption is that I'm just trying, you know, I'm trying to build up my brand and my side hustle sort of stuff so I can someday leave my day job. You know, everybody wants to build up a side hustle and then leave their day job and be their own boss. I have no desire whatsoever to do that. I love my day job. <laughs> I'm going to stay right where I am. I have a lot of flexibility with it. I have a lot of personal fulfillment and I love the people that I work with and I love what I do. I would love to build up my own business to the point where it is more lucrative and gives me more opportunities to help more people. That's really my end goal. I'm not I'm not trying to work to someday leave my day job like so many people try to do and so many people assume. Sure. Well, and you know, it is fun having a day job that you love and people you love working with and it is fulfilling and then, you know, keeping yourself busy with all these side hustles. I'm a busy mind. I love to stay busy, so it, it seems that we're similar in that. You mentioned your brand, you know, developing content online. Uh let's talk about how important it is especially today in 2021, building up your post-military brand and what that means for you know your job search. Oh, it's everything. It's, it is so darn important. I mentioned that a lot of the focus in transition, especially in your congressionally mandated transition assistance courses, a lot of the focus is done on resume building and applying for jobs. And though it is important to have a keyword optimized resume and to understand what is good and bad resume etiquette, really it is 10% of it in, in getting a fulfilling good job. Networking is 90% of it. Developing a professional network and genuine, deep rooted, authentic relationships will help you to grow your career faster than simply applying for places, putting in resumes, and interviewing and getting jobs, and then working with people. The networking, <laughs> it's its so important. Every promotion that I've gotten, every new job since I've gotten out, every transition that put you know a, a better line on my resume and more money in my pocket was due to a personal network connection. And so the, the way that you go about doing that is, you know, get your resume done. Yeah, definitely get it done and make sure there's no craziness in there. Make sure if you're applying for private jobs that you have somebody that specializes in the private realm to look at it. If you're applying for federal jobs, have a federal specialist look at your resume. Don't take private resume advice from a federal employee that has only ever worked as a federal employee and has only ever applied for federal or state jobs. That is a different language, right? So, so do that stuff. Get it out of the way. Make sure your resume is good and you know how to optimize it for each thing you're applying for, whether it is private, nonprofit, state, federal, whatever. Get that out of the way, then dive two feet headfirst, however you can, into networking. And the way that you do that most effectively is through a hybrid approach. 
obviously right now you can't really take an in-person shaking hands going to networking events approach. So the folks that put all of their eggs in the face-to-face handshake approach to networking found themselves, especially if they were in sales or business development or fundraising, and all of a sudden the pandemic hits and they find that all their eggs were in the face-to-face basket and they have no means by which and no skills to effectively reach or build relationships digitally. They were fish out of water. There were a lot of growing pains there. At the same time, a lot of, you know, my age and younger folks who are very comfortable networking and developing relationships online sometimes struggle with the face to face. You know, so 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 developing both skills is important for everybody. And I don't care what industry you're in. You need to network with a hybrid approach. And you know, it starts with learning those face to face skills, sitting down and having coffee meetings. But as far as the the digital end of things, you can grow your career without creating content, without engaging with people. I just wouldn't advise it. You want the quickest path to to growing your career and having, you know, fruitful, fulfilling connections, lucrative, fruitful, fulfilling connections, grow your career, grow your influence. You can't be a hermit. And, And so I tell people the first thing you do is optimize your profile and then you dive in. It doesn't have to be perfect. There are plenty of resources out there and you start creating content and you start engaging with other people's content and that will slowly grow into you having deep relationships. And it's not just, you know, you commenting for personal gain. You're commenting, you're adding value, you're creating content. Talk about your journey. Talk about your story. Talk about your transition. Talk about your fears. Just create content, put it out there, keep it in a professional space. And you will see how that blossoms. Talk to people in their DMs, you know, reach out to folks, use your lease on the new guy or new gal thing. If you're transitioning to a new area or or a new industry, I'm a transitioning veteran. I'm a soon to transition veteran. I'm a recently transitioned veteran. That transitioning vet, you have a lease on that title for years, right? Take full advantage of it. Leverage it. Don't expect handouts. Don't expect anyone to give you anything, a job or money or whatever. Introduce yourself. If you are moving to Chicago, Illinois, and you are in the nonprofit industry, or you want to work for a nonprofit, you want to be a fundraiser, and you currently live in Colorado, and you're about to transition, you search for nonprofit executives in Chicago. You send personalized connection requests to each one of them. Hi, I'm a vet. I'm transitioning. I want to work in the nonprofit world. Uh, I'm going to be moving to Chicago. I, I would love to connect with you. Don't ask for anything. Don't send anything. Don't give a link. Don't send a resume. Just connect. If they have a follow-up question, just chat with them. Don't expect anything. Don't ask for anything. And the thing that bridges the gap between that interaction and being known to them is you showing up in their newsfeed. So you talk about your transition. You talk about what you've learned about the nonprofit world, your experience as a nonprofit volunteer, whatever industry you're going into, you share that experience and all of a sudden you're seen. The second you're on the market, there are people that will bend heaven and earth if you approach things humbly and with an open mind and with a focused mind on providing value, they they will move heaven and earth to help you and to make connections for you. So that is my super (laughs) long-winded start to finish 
You got to network. You got to do it online too. And even after you get the job, you have to continue to create content and you can't stop. It is part of your life, period. Sure. You created a good reminder for myself that at some point it is going to be getting back to, you know, some networking in person and, you know, having those coffee meetings and being open to that face-to-face interaction. And so it's not going to stay completely online because, you know, we're human beings, but that is a good reminder to myself that you should be taking a hybrid approach and open to, you know, both sort of, you know, networking. But talking about mentorship, I always think it's important to have a few mentors. Like you said, in any industry, I think these are some important points. But could you talk about any mentors that you had through the transition or even now throughout your career that, you know, helped move you to where you are today? Oh, wow. Well... That's a tough one because there are so many people that have, you know, done so much to, to guide and support me. I, I would say going back to my time in the military and in my transition out, my boss at the time, my, my immediate supervisor, Sam, was, I mean, he still is just such an important influence in my life, you know, as a, as a human being. He's actually my son's, him and his wife are my son's godparents. You know, he was that influential in, in my life that, that I asked them to, to be my son's godparents. And that was more, it was less of a professional, here's how you transition into the civilian workforce thing. It was, here's how you manage your family. Here are some things to keep in mind. Like this is a guy, a very wise guy that's been there that that is very open and candid about sharing like here's some complications you may run into, you know, with your family, with your kids, with your marriage, with your, you know, he's seen it happen. He counsels people and mentors people at his church and otherwise. So he's seen it and cared so deeply and checked in with me so often that I mean, he just was just probably the most influential dude of of my whole life since i've i've gotten out there are a couple people that have just been so inspiring professionally one of them uh, elmer moore he is uh he's in the milwaukee area as well he's the the founder of scale up milwaukee the founder of milwaukee denim he's a brilliant business mind and just such a positive guy. And I always find myself inspired by by him. He gives me some great perspective. I just feel like I'm going to leave people out. And there are like a hundred people that have just given me so many great tidbits of information. But I think the overarchingly, the thread that connects those people is, you know, the the way that they they care deeply and prove that they care deeply by giving of themselves, giving their time, giving their insights. Those are the true, I mean, there are a lot of people that can claim to be mentors. There are a lot of bosses that claim that they're, that they're mentors. But the, the words, you know, I am a, I'm a mentor, I'm a leader, are, are hollow compared to action. So, I mean, obviously, leaders and mentors need to be able to walk the talk or talk the walk or however that phrase goes. 
I feel like I'm going to leave people out if I if I continue. And I don't want to leave anybody out because there have been so many great folks, if that makes any sense. You people know who you are, if you are listening. Yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> Plus, I got I to gotta say this, though. One of my greatest mentors and inspiration, smartest person I know, smartest person I've ever met, the wisest person, and I'm very, very lucky, is is my wife, Kate. I mean, she's always been super duper supportive and always just seems to have like the right thing to say and the right bit of wisdom. And so, yeah, I mean, she's obviously I'm, I'm very grateful to have her in my life every day because it's like I've got the smartest person that I know, like <laughs> on hand at all times to bounce ideas off or whatever. And yeah, that's truly beautiful. I'm sure people listening right now, they can tell you have a, a very nice radio voice. <laughs> I hear I have a I hear I have a face for radio too. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Oh but. no, no, I'm sure it's great. But so, tell us about your podcast. Okay, I'm currently hosting uh, a brand new, relatively new podcast called Wisconsin Veterans Forward, which is brought by the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. I was formerly, formerly rather, for. Uh, about a year, less than a year, man, maybe about half a year. I had co-founded with another gentleman a um, podcast called Vet Pivot, which was centered around transition. Um, and Matt, uh, who's awesome guy, he continued that after I stepped away from the podcast. And it's funny, after I had stepped away from Vet Pivot, and and like I said, he continued it with great success. So everybody should definitely listen to Vet Pivot. After I stepped away, I said, you know, I don't think I'll ever do podcast stuff again. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then, of course, sure enough, my my boss at the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber was like, hey, we should do a podcast. You know how to do that, right? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, begrudgingly dove in. And this time around, it's like you get the practice one out of the way. Like, like I said, you know, I had the post-military professional before. That was my practice business. And my second time around in, you know, the business endeavors, like there were things that I knew to be aware of and things, you know, pitfalls to avoid and speed bumps to avoid and whatnot. And so with that kind of basis of experience and perspective in mind, this time around, I'm feeling that... My processes are streamlined with Wisconsin Veterans Forward. Uh, I'm I'm finding uh, quite a bit of enjoyment in it, and I'm I'm very glad that Saul Newton, my my boss at the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber, pushed me to do it because it really has turned out better than expected, and our listenership is better than expected, and we're very very excited about what the future holds for the Wisconsin Veterans Forward podcast for sure. Well, it it takes a few times to get it right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and it's not like Vet Pivot like Vet Pivot was a very from the word go was a very polished product as first podcasts go. And I can attribute that to Matt and my kind of ravenous approach to having a high quality polished product. We were both MTIs in the in the Air Force, you know, so we had that kind of meticulous aspect to it. But then also you know, my background in music and audio, you know, I had a I had a high standard and I would spend way too much time, admittedly, editing and producing to make sure that we had a, a, a kind of fluid flowing product uh, that sounded good. And 
and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, it definitely was good from the get go. And, and like I said, people should definitely follow Matt and listen to that. But I think it's my processes that improved quite a bit and my perspective improved this second time around. Wonderful. Well, we'll be sure to include the links to Vet Pivot and the Wisconsin Veterans Forward podcast in the show notes. So closing thoughts, Adam, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I love your journey. It's a little bit different than other folks that I've interviewed coming from the military in terms of what they did, their journey. So I really appreciate you being here. But any other favorite resources to share with our military or veterans audience? Resources that you'll never struggle to find resources as a veteran. And if you're in transition, you're not going to struggle to find resources. Your issue and the issue that many run into is finding quality resources with verifiable good information. There are a lot of people with good intentions out there that are providing subpar or not valuable or not good information. And there, unfortunately, there are some predatory people out there that are providing intentionally misleading information. So your task is not finding resources. Your task is finding a way to wade and navigate through the fog, through the abundance of resources that are available to you. And the best way to do that is through developing deep relationships in your network and to do it online. Follow the trusted people. Follow Michael Quinn. Follow Herb Thompson. Follow Eric Doc Wright. Follow, I mean, I could go on. There are so many good people out there that exist to help you wade through the fog. Finding resources isn't a problem. You're going to find a ton of them. Question your sources, question your resources, and make sure that you get that trusted mentor that cares about your well-being, whether it's an in-person or online relationship, and have them help you sift through that, the non-good resources, and help you navigate to the good ones. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.